Welcome to the Way Fellowship Church of Dallas podcast series. Please enjoy this message by our own senior pastor, Tavares Gardner. Hallelujah. Get your Bibles. Get your Bibles. I want you to open up to Luke. Luke chapter 17. Luke 17. I want you to get your dancing out now. Because what I'm what I'm getting ready to go to, you won't be dancing in a minute. So I wanted you to get your hallelujahs out. Because the Lord is coming for all of us in this room. And those of you that are watching, he's coming for all of us, including the apostle. And this message, uh, no one will be exempt, even if you think you got it all together. My prayer today, when I was in the office, I said, Lord, let not one stone be overturned in this room. We're in the book of Luke chapter 17. Luke is also the writer of the book of Acts. Luke, the physician, read your Bible, he was a physician and he traveled, did missionary work with Paul. Amen. He was I sweat all on my computer. I don't want nothing to short circuit. <laughs> uh, Luke was a physician. He also helped write the book of Acts. And uh, let's read this. Uh, let's read this chapter, this one verse. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. read verse verse 1 I'm going to read from the New King James today because it gives me the word that I want Then he said to his disciples, Jesus said to his disciples, Jesus is talking to his disciples. It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. You may be seated. Bible says, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, it is impossible for offenses not to come. 
when you say self, it is impossible for offenses not to come. Say it one more time. I want you to, I want you to hear yourself saying this. Say it again. Self, it is impossible for offenses not to come. But the question is, say it with me. What am I going to do with the offense? Oh, Y'all ain't said it like I want you to say it. You're not articulating it like I want you to say it. But my, say my question is, what am I going to do when I'm offended? The Bible says, Jesus says, it is impossible for offenses not to come. They're going to come. We're living in a society now where everybody named mama is offended about something. It's like the whole world now is full of offense. The blacks, us folks, we offended. We're so offended that we're burning our own cities, burning our own neighborhoods. We're so offended. The white folks offended. They're offended because we offended. The police is offended. They're offended because we're standing up. Everybody is offended. People offended. By President Trump, saints offended. So much so that they attack the leader of the United States. I'm talking about Christians, Holy Ghost filled Christians. Dishonorable because of offense. Not saying that. Now, before you put your mouth on President Trump, you saints, you Christians, The, the camera is always on him. But what are you doing? We're so quick to point. But remember, when you point, you got that one, one, two, three, point back at you. It's quiet in here. So we're going to be talking about for I don't know how long. Everybody say help. Yeah. I'm offended. Look at your other neighbor that just got mad because you told him you was offended. Look at the other one and say help. Yeah. Now, I mean, y'all got to say help like you're screaming for help. Yeah. I'm offended. Point to yourself and say, self, self. Lord, Lord, help me. Help me. I'm, offended. I'm offended. Have anybody in here ever been offended? <laughs> that should be everybody. <laughs> I mean, some of y'all threw them hands up real quick. But may I submit to you that as long as you're breathing, like this Bible said, offenses are going to come. But let me, many are unable to function properly 
in their calling because of the wounds and hurts that offenses have caused in our lives. We are handicapped and hindered from fulfilling our full potential because we live at the address of offense. How much further could you be alone with God in your calling, in your purpose, if you did not live and have a staycation at Offense Avenue. It's quiet in here. Some of you have made, again, a staycation. You stay at Offense Avenue. Ain't Faye just said, I like it. Thank you, Ain't Faye. Everybody say Offense Avenue. And as I always say, saints and friends and enemies, whatever you're looking for, you will find. Will you look at somebody and say, whatever you're looking for, you will surely find. If you're looking for an opportunity to be offended, guess what? You will find it. Most often, it is a fellow believer who has been hurt. I'm not talking, this message, this series, is not addressed to the sinners. But this is for the people who name the name of Jesus. I'm not talking to sinners. I'm talking to Christians. It's quiet in this room. Hmm, David laments in Psalms 55, 12 through 14. Read it at your leisure. David says, for it's not an enemy who reproaches me. I could bear that. You expect enemies to offend you. Is that right? Nor, David said, is it one who hates me who has exalted himself against me. He said, then I could hide from him. He said, but it was you. My equal. Everyone say my equal. My road dog. My confidant. My ride or die. It's quiet in here. Come on, look, look at somebody and say, it was you. My road dog. My bestie. My best bud. My friend. Come on, come on, y'all ain't saying nothing. My ace spoon cone, as we used to say. It's quiet in here. It's quiet, 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 it's quiet. I felt the holy hush come right there. 
He said, but it was you, my equal, David said, my companion, my companion, my acquaintance. It's hard to be offended by people you don't know. Because people you don't know that you don't have relationship with, it, it doesn't bother you. It doesn't affect you. But it's when the person that I'm close to that knows all of my secrets, that knows all of my faults. Come on here. Those that know me very well, know my quirks, my attitudes. Come on, know my disposition, know everything about me. The one that I talk to on the phone all the time. Come on. It's the ones that are closest to me that can offend me the most. It is quiet in here. David said, we took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God. We sat next to each other in church. We rode in the car together. You picked me up, I picked you up. We shared everything together. We met at the house of the Lord, and we bonded. We became very tight, close-knit family, come on here. But all of a, some, all of a sudden, you did something that I didn't like. You offended me. And instead of talking to you about what you've done, I go and talk to the other person. And then if you're not careful, what I'm doing is instead of talking, uh, uh, there's a song, I, 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 hate to go, I hate to go this way, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to take a, just a little phrase. Uh, uh, Tevin Campbell said, can we talk for a moment? All right, that's all I'm, I'm going to say. And, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, I, I, I know he was talking about something else, but, uh, but I just want to use that line, can we talk? Uh, can you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, just, can, we, can we have a conversation? Tevin Campbell said, can we talk for a moment? That's, that's, that's what he said. That's what he said. Uh, for a minute. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what he said. That's what he said. That's what he said. David said, we took sweet counsel together. Sweet counsel together. That means we, we were, when I was in a slump, you was helping me. When you were in a slump, I was helping you. When you had that bad relationship, I was there to help you get up out of it. And I know, and, and I even know that you slept with the person that you weren't supposed to have been sleeping with. I know that too. But I kept that. Oh, but when you offend me, I become an open refrigerator. And I begin to bear all of your secrets. That's, that's, you got to worry about, a, you, 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 you don't know, no, you know, offense. When people get offended, they forget what you've done to help them. It's quiet. Why y'all quiet? Yeah, I feel crickets in the spirit. These are the ones we sit with and sing alongside. We sung on the praise and the worship team. The old people say worship. I don't know how they got worship out of worship. 
And then the old people said, oh, you know, they're going to sing that praise and worship. Yes, I, I, we sung praise and worship together. We, sung, we led people into the presence of the Lord. But you did something that offended me. And now I can't even offer up sacrifices of praise because I can't stand the person that's singing next to me. I'm not talking to sinners. I'm talking to those of you that are in the household of faith. Am I boring you? Mm -hmm. I want you to write this down. The closer the relationship, the more severe the offense. The more, uh, the closer the relationship, the more severe the offense. The closer what? The relationship. What? The more severe the offense. You know, while asking the Lord, you know, what you want me to talk about this week? Uh, and I just because I myself have been dealing with offense. You, the apostle? Yeah. I'm, did did y'all read the Bible? Did the Bible say it is impossible for offenses not to come? The preacher? Yeah. Because, first of all, I'm humane. Human, it's quiet. Well, you well, you look at yourself. Nobody's exempt. I don't care what your title is. So you could be the national inter, international evangelist, prayer warrior, traveling all over the world. Come on here. I see a lot of offended people in the pulpit, and they are preaching out of offense. Many are singing out of offense. Many are ushering, greeting, parking lot attendant out of a fence. Prophesying from your soulless realm because you are prophesying through the lens of a fence. And your prophetic word is not even pure because you're offended. You got a wound of offense that you have not dealt with. So every prophetic word is damn, damn, damn to hell, people. You're constantly damning people to hell because you have not dealt with your offense. I said what I said. Your prophecy is never mixed with, come on, is there, is there any good? You, 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 oh, come on, come on. Do you have any good prophetic words? It's always gloom and doom, and, and this person gonna die. Maybe you have not dealt with offense, darling. Prophetess, prophet of the Most High. I'm not talking to anybody in here. I'm talking to the folks that's watching YouTube and Facebook.
If you're an offended prophet, don't speak. If you're an offended worship leader, don't sing. Because when I sing with offense in my heart, (sighs) did you not know that if I, when I was playing the organ, when I was when Bishop Gant was the pastor and I played the organ, not only did I play the organ, but I led worship. I was the worship leader playing from the organ. Organ. If I had offense in my heart, guess what T.G. Gardner did not do? I may have played, but I sure didn't open up my mouth to lead nobody in worship. Because I understood the power of a mouth. I was not singing worship. I told somebody else on the praise team, I'm going to let y'all lead. Uh, I'm just going to have to play. That's all I'm doing. Because I understood you don't minister when you are offended. And many people have to have enough Holy Ghost in them that until you get yourself together, you don't function in ministry. If you got to tell your leader, hey, I don't think I need to pray today. I don't think I need to open up prayer today uh, because I I got an issue that I have not dealt with and I don't want to get up before the people until. I wish people had enough Holy Ghost to do that. And then nobody teach me that. The Holy Ghost taught me that. Don't get up before my people with mess in your heart. If me and Lady G had gotten into it and we had not gotten it straight when I was the worship leader, I didn't sing nothing. Because you got to get that house together first before you try to get folks together. I didn't sing a lick until we got it straight. I had to play but I would not open my mouth and sing nothing because I wasn't right in my heart. Am I helping somebody? If you offended, I'm trying to tell somebody in this church, if you offended and you are functioning in ministry, it's okay to set yourself down. I did it many times. Bishop, you, I, I want you to... Uh, Preach that. Nope. Heart ain't right. Mm-mm. I'm not going to get up there and fake and then lie and preach. A, preach. For what? Because the Lord going to whoop my tail for trying to preach somebody out of hell and you're going to go to hell yourself if you don't forgive. The closer the relationship, the greater the severe the more severe the offense. The greatest, you find the greatest hatred among people who were once close. Did you hear that? You find the greatest hatred amongst those who were once close. 
attorneys will tell you that the most vicious cases are in divorce courts. The American media, media constantly reports murders in homes by desperate family members. The home meant to be a shelter of protection. Provision and growth where we learn to give and receive love is often the very root of our pain. History shows that the bloodiest wars are, are civil. Meaning, brother against brother. Father against son. Daughter against mother. Come on here. Civil war in the house. So the possibilities of offense are as endless as a list of relationships. No matter how complex or simple, this truth remains. Only those you care about can hurt you the most. Will you say that with me? Only those you care about the most. Put it in first person. Only those I care about the most can hurt me. If you don't care about them, they don't phase you. We expect more from the people that we care about. And sometimes, as I have found out here recently, sometimes we become offended. I'm, I'm telling myself, we become offended in persons when they don't measure up to our unmet expectations that we never discussed. Mama Eva said, say it again. I forgot what I said. Can somebody repeat what I said? Unmet expectations that we never discussed can cause great offense. You might want to write that down. Unmet expectations that were never discussed can cause great offense. So there, are, there is a relationship uh, now that... Uh, so you know what? We got to go back to the drawing board because sometimes we just hook up with people and we never sit down at the beginning of our relationships and say, what are you expecting? Because if you sit down and discuss prior to making, forming, and forging a relationship, if you put down expectations, what you're expecting, and sometimes as you grow in the relationship, the expectations change, but that also needs to be communicated. It's quiet in this room. Because at different seasons in our relationships, come on, both of us change. Come on, y'all ain't saying nothing. And expectations change on, on account of our growth in each person's individual lives. And if those expectations are never discussed as we are growing together, it is easy for me to throw you away. Because there was never any expectations. 
especially covenantal relationships. Why is it so quiet in here? So maybe now, saints and friends and enemies, you may need to go back to the beginning and say, what do you expect from me so that I won't offend you? Am I helping somebody? Because if I don't know, and we never discussed, I'm learning in leadership that if you don't set, put things on paper, you business folks, it's not good enough to have verbal because people forget. They forget what you said. And so sometimes when you put it in writing, it's on black and white. Come on, you can see it. But unmet expectations will cause great offense. Am I helping somebody in here? Am I helping somebody in here? Am I helping somebody in here? Am I helping somebody that's watching on Facebook? I'm looking at your comments while I'm talking. Husbands and wives, I, I, we fell in love. Um, okay. But did you talk about why you fell in love? What do you expect from me as a husband? What do I expect from you as a wife? Not just sex, because a relationship just can't be based on sex. Because one day, somebody ain't going to be able to do nothing. Y'all don't like this gospel. And if your relationship was built on sex, and that was your only expectation, then you're just going to be a miserable old man or woman because your expectations have now been unmet. And you sat up there and said that vow, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness, it's quiet in this room. You're just so lovey, 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 but you didn't have no expectations for one another. And that's why y'all divorced three months later. Because you never set expectations. You never sat down and talked. You just got in the bed. Call me daddy. Mm -mm. What's your expectations? I'm glad y'all caught that. You calling every y'all y'all calling everything else, but you won't sit down and have a conversation. Mama Edwards, I don't know why they laughing at me. And some of the saints then start fanning. A whole row then start fanning. <laughs> Janelle had to take a swig of water on there. <laughs> <laughs> she 
She said, I need a cold drink on that. <laughs> Y'all know I keep it 100. I don't believe in sugarcoating. You're talking, calling each other names in the bed, but you're not talking and coming to reason together about your relationship and expectations. And so because you're offended, you won't divorce. All right, let's move on. Well, he all right. Holler out, help. Yeah. I'm offended. I want you to understand that selfishness reigns in our society. Not only in our society, but it reigns in the body of Christ. Men and women today look out only for themselves. And I can understand why to a certain degree. I can understand why men and women in the body of Christ look out for themselves because many of us, many of us, many of us, if the truth be told and by a show of hands, many of us in the body of Christ have been mishandled by people in the church, in the church. In the church, come on, come on, raise your hand. Come on, in the church, we have been mishandled. We all have been mishandled by people in the church. And because of too much mismanagement and mishandling by people in the church, come on here, we now, that cold front is now, is now our shield instead of the Lord being our shield. The cold front has become our shield, and we don't trust nobody, even in the church. Even if God has sent you to the very place where you can get help. And God will allow familiar circumstances to happen in the very place that he sent you to for you to get help just so he can dig that coldness out of your heart. He wants to dig that offense out of your heart and things start looking familiar, but you, all we want to do is get up and run. We don't want to talk, we don't want to confront because the easiest thing for me to do is bail out. Not knowing that the next ministry I go to or not, come on here, uh, because I've been mishandled so many times, I ain't ever going back to church because I got church hurt. No, it was just that two, three, four, five churches that God ain't never told you to go to in the first place. You went there because the choir can sing real good. You went there because of the band. You did not go there because the Holy Ghost told you to go there. You went there on your own accord, and that's why in those same familiar situations, and now God has allowed it to happen in the damn place that you're supposed to be at, and the fence has come, and everything starts looking and familiar now you do you go back to your old mindset i got to i got to take flight because i don't like what's happening here instead of god and said instead of saying instead of saying god what do you want me to learn now that you actually sent me to the place hallelujah to deal with this offense now come on come on what am i to do what am i to do but my natural reaction is to take flight and get up out of here and say all churches all people in the church they ain't nothing but dogs and hypocrites and they don't care nothing about me i'm mad i got church and i got church and i got church and and I don't ever want to go to church. I don't trust nobody. But your gift itself will start your own ministry. And however you start a church or ministry is the type of spirit your church will have. 
and you will attract rebels and Jezebels and witches. Come on, and Absaloms. Come on here. Come on, come on here. Whatever, however you start your ministry, if you start it in the fence, you're going to attract an offended people just like the leader. Somebody holler out, help! Yeah. I'm offended. I'm not saying that you won't be offended. We've all been offended. And some of us are offended now. But what I have learned here recently I have been a person, uh, and I'm going to tell on myself, Jesus have mercy. I'm always telling on me. That's the only person I know because I live with me. I've always been the person that if you feel some kind of way about me, then I start feeling angry because you got a feeling about me. I, I start taking on that, how you feel about me, because I just found out here recently, I like to please people. I don't like, be, I don't like people being mad at me. Because I never, let me say rarely received self-affirmations uh, from the parents. And so, if you were mad at me, I would get mad at you for getting mad at me. Because I didn't want you mad at me. I'm trying to figure out why you mad at me. Can I talk about me? Is anybody in this room understanding what I'm saying? Because of the lack thereof of affirmation. I don't want people upset with me. And so, I take on your feeling about me. As if something is wrong with me. And what I end up doing is pushing you away because you're mad at me because I start withdrawing away from you. Because I want, I want you to be pleased with me. I just discovered this this week. 44 years old, I told you, I'm ever-growing. And God has allowed, guess what, situations this month to happen to me. And it wasn't really necessarily about the people. But God was saying, Gardner, if you're going to go to this place that I'm destined for you to be at, You've got to learn to deal with the internal issues that you've been avoiding for so long. It's quiet in here. And so I've been reading a book. Thank God for books. Not only books, but the Holy Ghost. And something in the book would trigger. Now, I'm going to tell you this. 
I'm telling on me, I'm telling on me again. I figured out why, so that's one thing. The other thing that I discovered this, this week or in this month is that uh, it's easy when offense comes for me to dismiss people and not have conversations. You say, what, Gardner? When I was six or seven years old, my grandfather died abruptly. I had no closure, and no one ever walked me through grief at that young of an age, how to deal with the death, the sudden death. My grandfather was on his way home from work. I spent a lot of time with my grandfather. My grandfather was on his way, to, on his way home from work, driving his truck, had a massive heart attack and died, and they found them on side of the highway. This was 1983. And so I was reading this book on mental on emotional healthy leader reading this book and he begins to talk about the shadows the shadow the shadow is the untamed parts of you that that are ugly and I was reading scenarios and one scenario stuck struck me and that I like to please people so if you were mad at me I took on that because I don't want you mad at me I want you to be pleased with me because I was never affirmed as a child but now that vow has been broken. So however you feel, that's on you. I'm not taking on how you feel about me. That's between you and God. Because for too long, I've cared about what you thought about me. Even when I said over the pulpit, I don't care what nobody said, you lying. That was just a cold front. Is quiet. Am I helping anybody as I talked about me? And so, uh, so because of the abruptness of my grandfather's death, and that was never settled, it's easy for me. That seed that was planted with relationships ending like that and never discussed was the seed up until my 44 years that People just, you don't like me, you mad at me, we don't talk, I'm good. Go on about your business. I'll get over it because I done been through that in 1983. So if you leave me, holler at your boy. Even though internally I'm hurt, but I ain't going to let you know. Because that cold front has been my shield front has been my shield for 44 years. And God is steady chiseling me even in this position. It's uncomfortable for people to talk about you. And you try not to live an offense. 
We can put on a front so long. But God is going to allow you to keep going around that same mountain until you recognize the mountain. I, 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 I know you've been going around it. But you got to ask yourself, why do I keep going around this mountain? I could have been over there by now. But God said, until you deal with this, if you don't learn how to deal with this offense, you're going to stay stuck. Because I ain't graduating you. I'm not going to propel you in ministry. Well, what about everybody else? You ain't everybody else, God, no. Well, what about them folks that's living foul, that's, that's way up there, that's, that's preaching the gospel and singing songs of Zion? He said, you ain't them. You're special. And I handle special anointed people differently than those who slept their way up to the top. Who didn't kiss butt to get up to the top. Who work in backroom deals, come on, sex and come on, to get their way to the top. Come on, here's somebody. You're different. You are David. So I deal with chosen people differently than those who are called. Many are called, few are chosen. I'm out of time, but I ain't out of message. But that was a good appetizer. Stand to your feet. for joining our podcast today. If you would like more information about our ministry or if you would like to sow a seed, visit us at www.twfcdallas.org.